Hello, welcome to episode 115 of the Knit British podcast. Lovely to have you round here again and a very special uh, hello and welcome if you are joining us for the first time. Oh wow, uh, it's been a pretty wooly time since we last spoke. I think it's been more wooly than usual because there has been a trip to mill. Uh, I went to West Yorkshire Spinners Mill um, last month and also it was Edinburgh Ironfest. I have very few notes for this episode. Um, it's all going to be a little bit lackadaisical. There'll probably be quite a few more ums and errs in this episode. There is no wool explanation in this episode. Wool explanation will be... Uh, Cheevit wool explanation will be next time. Um, the reason for this is... I can't be arsed. Uh, it's my podcast and I'll do what I want. Uh, <laughs> it's just been too busy. It's been far too busy. Um, time of late and um, I'm not apologising so there, you'll just have to wait I've got Podcat with me hope it'll be good so March very wooly I think I said in the last episode and thank you to all of those um, who fed back how much they enjoyed the last episode that's always lovely uh, yeah, I think I said uh, in that episode that I was going to have a pre-EYF roll around the stash, or I at least hinted that I might be doing that. Um, I I was saying that Louise Hunt always says before a big yarn show you should roll around in your stash and see what you need, see where there are holes, see what you definitely don't need. Uh, so I did that. I didn't just roll around in the stash. Um, which I haven't really, really looked at much since we moved in September. I used this opportunity to do some well-needed stash admin. Uh, I re-moth-proofed the stash. Now, I don't know if this new flat that we live in has moths, but I'm not taking any chances. So every three months without fail, I change the sachets in uh, the stash. They're just little moth-proof lavender scented, some kind of chemical in them, little sachets that last for three months. And here's a good tip, because they're supposed to pop up with the word end when when they've reached the end of their life. Um, but some of them don't do that. So I have just written on them when they're to come out. Um, so I write on it with a Sharpie or another permanent marker uh, the date of the month that the sachets are to be replaced and I tend to try and remember put it on the calendar as well because you just don't want to take any chances with those little bastards. Um, I also uh, use this as an opportunity to add some of my stash to Ravelry. It's not all on there yet, it may never be but it was a good opportunity to take some pictures and upload the ones I could be bothered to upload. Uh, and then I also had three piles. I identified stash to give away to friends, stash to give to charity, and um, stash to sell. Uh, so that was good. And I gave a big bag to charity. And at my knit night with my two friends, uh, we... They went away home with some yarn and were very happy. Um, and that was good. That There was a little bit of relief there when you, you know, can pass on something to someone else who can have excitement for it that I have lost. Um, so I felt like a very good wool curator. Um, and it did remind me that I need to do that regularly. I need to do that kind of thing a bit more regularly, be a bit better at curating the stash and, you know, gathering up odds and ends giving away bits and pieces and um, selling some uh, when necessary. So I do have some stash uh, for, for um, sale in my Ravelry um, stash. I I also have a note in the Knit British Ravelry group in the D-stash thread um, that pointing you towards it if you're, if you're so interested. 
so yeah I felt really good after that and I felt like I had a real idea of what I wanted and didn't want to get at EYF and um yeah it felt really good do you do stash admin is that something that you regularly do i think it's good it's nice to feel like you've got a bit of a handle it's mischief managed so that was a very productive weekend i spent all weekend doing that um and then also last month i started and finished a project <laughs> i know what has happened to Louise? What have you done with her? Where can we find the old Louise? That is just not... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I didn't just do a small project, might I say. I did a sweater. This is me, who's usually so ridiculously slow. Um, it's unbelievable. I'll tell you what happened. I had been knitting the Breathing Space sweater with uh, Lacey to my cagney. Louise Hunt and I was just kept getting more and more annoyed with the pattern I it just um it wasn't intuitive I felt like for a pattern that has a lot of stuff going on there lots of short rows and increases and and things um you know it wasn't intuitive as in at the end of each row it could tell you how many stitches you should have or you know things like that and I just felt like even when I put it down even for just a short period and I left myself really good notes when I came back to it I was a bit lost again so I spent a little bit of time thinking about it and then I was like I've lost the love for this it's doing me no good whatsoever I'm gonna rip that sucker out um which is exactly what I did and Louise Hunt finished hers and it's beautiful hers really suits her I just yeah wasn't getting on with that at all and so I was happy that I dripped that sweater out and it wasn't a millstone around my neck anymore. But then I was also a little bit sad because I wasn't going to have a jumper for EYF. And when I say I ripped it out, you know, I had one arm done and I was, I don't know, not far off finishing the striping on the body. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't working. Had to go. Uh, but I was sad. So then I was on social media and I kept seeing this pattern by Amy Christophers called the Felix Pullover and it's a really beautiful sweater made in Let Lopi and it has this beautiful eyelet design in the raglan shaping and and yeah I was just like that's what I want I want to knit that and I looked at the the picture on my tablet and I looked to the bookcase and on the bookcase I had a cone of Iona wool and I was like yep yeah, that is what that's that wool wants to be you know this was a bit of a savior this sweater because it gave me that little lift that one needs when they've you know had a bit of a crap project or just had a crap time with the project and they need something to pick them up again and that was the Felix pullover and I cast that on on like the 6th of March and I wove those bad boy ends in on the 22nd of March can you believe that I, ca I still can't believe that um, if you're interested, um, I will link to it in the show notes, if I remember. I don't think the show notes are going to be very long this time, so I make no apologies for that. That's usually what happens with the episode after EYF. But uh, yeah, Felix Pullover, Amy Christophers, Savory Knitting. Uh, it's a sweater that can have anything from, I think, two to eight inches of ease. I made mine with four inches of ease. And I made it a bit longer and I did a little bit of waist shaping and I also did a split hem um, on, on it. Um, I having, you know, boobs, I often find that um, sweaters, you know, the they're a bit shorter in the back. So I lengthened it slightly and did a split hem. Very pleased with it. Very pleased with it. Wore it a few times. Loved the Iona wool. More on that later. But yeah, Felix Pullover, thank you, Savory Knitting, for being a bit of a, a bit of a saving grace project for me. And something that I finished. I mean, goodness listeners, you know, you know me. You know, I always say how slow I am, but that was a bit that was a bit of magic. It also meant that I had a fieldwork project that I'd that I could show for the Cal, which also 
when I host a cal, it never happens that I finish anything for that cal. So I was quite smug. So as well as rolling in the stash and finishing a project, let's not speak of the original shawl that I cast on for the fieldwork make-along. You know, that's still on the go. Um, but this month was also properly woolly because I went to West Yorkshire Spinners uh, for the Knit Now Winner's Day uh, of the Knitter of the Year Awards. I travelled down to Keithley with my good friend Leona, uh, who is Rusty Ferret. Leona is uh, uh, was representing Countess of Blaise, who had been nominated um, as charity superhero for the Titsite Collective. I was there because I was one of the online innovators. And um, it was such great fun. Leona picked me up from work on the Wednesday and we drove down. The Google lady, Satnav lady, she, uh, she, she, she stopped talking to us for a little while there and we sort of almost ended up in Blackpool. Yeah, we weren't too bothered about that. In fact, in one, at one point we did think, shall we go to Alton Towers instead of West Yorkshire Spinners? But it was a fleeting moment. And uh, For anyone not from the UK, Alton Towers is a theme park. But uh, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, if Kate Heppel is listening to this, we, we, we didn't, it didn't cross our minds for more than a second. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we drove down. We had great laugh, great chat in the car. I was knitting on my Felix pullover. Uh, and we stayed uh, overnight just so that we were down there. And then the next day, we went for a wonderful as does breakfast and then picked up Felix Ford, uh, Knit Sonic, who was a winner, one of the winners of Designer of the Year. And then we tootled on down to West York Spinners, like you do. Um, it was really good. I was really, really excited about this trip. You know, if you listen to this podcast and you've read the Knit British blog, I speak about West York Spinners a lot. I have had things to say about them as well that personally I've not enjoyed. Like for a long while there, colours that were available were, you know, pretty shocking. <laughs> But they're, they are, they are doing really, really well. I always think that um, they tick a lot of boxes for knitters because they have a budget range. They have a large part of the range is very accessible to many pockets. And then they have, um, you know, some of their finer range, which has, um, you know, finer uh, fibres in it, such as alpaca and silk. You know, a lot of their yarns are machine washable. Very, very versatile. Great sock yarns. And... Uh, yeah, you'll you'll hear me, you know, in this podcast, uh, uh, you know, talking about them quite a lot. Uh, so it was a real pleasure to be able to go to the mill. Uh, and it was a real pleasure to be able to meet the other winners as well. Uh, also there uh, was uh, Alison from Yarn in the City and Carrie Westerman and Sherlock Knits is there, Sarah. She won uh, a charity hero for the Flower Power Fund. Oh gosh, there were so many people who were who were there. Uh, one person I didn't get to meet that I was really sad that I didn't get to meet was Caroline Dunderknit, um, who has the Knitting Vicariously podcast. Who was also uh, online innovator, and I would I was uh, looking forward to meet her, but she just started a new job and wasn't able to um, get away for the day. But I did meet her at EYF, um, and uh, that was good. Um, so interesting. Um, so thankful to West York Spinners and to Knit Now for putting this day on. I mean, you can't just rock up at West York Spinners Mill and expect to get a tour. It is a working mill and it's not just, you know, a small production. It's massive. The first part of the morning was a talk from British Wool, which is now the new name for the British Wool marketing board uh it was given by a woman called i think her name was Haida, and um that was really great it was really great um to hear a little bit about what happens uh, at british wool about the process and the best bit was that um we were handed around lots of pieces of fleece which i kept little bits of 
um, antique pictures of. Uh, so it was that was really really interesting, um, and just really interesting to hear about the whole process really um, as far as the British Wool Marketing Board are um, are concerned. I'm I'm hesitant to call them British Wool because I talk about British Wool, i.e. wool from Britain, a lot on this, and it's got nothing to do with the Marketing Board. So I'll probably still refer to them like that, but. Um, no, I find that we find that fascinating, um, and there was a great um, slideshow that went along with that. That I hope they might make available um, to the winners so that we can share that. That, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything she said because I don't have time for that. <laughs> um, uh, then we had a talk from Richard Longbottom, who is um, the current um, high hygiene. Uh, at West Church Spinners, it used to be his father uh, that ran the business um, before him, Peter. Uh, uh, West Church Spinners was spinning was a commercial mill spinning for others for about twenty years, uh, and it's only been five years since uh, they've been creating their branded wool, which doesn't seem long at all, really, does it? Um, and you know, I remember one of the first yarns I bought. Um, when I did Knit British was um, a, B- a blue face Lester that was that had been spun by them and then there wasn't a lot available um, really so you know it was really interesting to see how quickly the uh, business has grown in that time and the brand has grown in that time and how they're working a lot more with um, designers now and well-known designers as well as designers who are new to us you know they're introducing designers to us and um, it was lovely that they had in this area in the mill um, some samples um, that was that was really good um, it, yeah it was really nice to sort of hear from him uh, Richard and also Janice who if you stock West Yorkshire spinners will know, you will know Janice Leona was very chuffed to meet Janice uh, who deals a lot with, with sales uh, so really great talk from them uh, and just a little bit of an overview of, of what they do. Really interesting that they work closely with a, a firm in Finland um, and develop uh, yarn uh, for the Finnish market as well. It was such an interesting um, talk. Uh, then they fed us um, really cracking food, lots of pies and things. We were very well looked after. And then we got to do a tour of the mill uh, and also the dye house, which is in the same area, but is in a different building. Um, so uh, our group uh, went around with um, Peter Longbottom uh, and uh, we were um, benefited from his uh, knowledge and expertise of of the business and of the, the process. Um and uh, then we hopped in taxis and went into the dye house Uh, and I took loads of pictures of um, the mill and the day and I'll put them on the show notes at some point Uh, I didn't take many we weren't allowed to take any pictures in the dye house because of the um, methods that they use to create the self-patterning yarns I think that's fair enough you know they've got and you don't really find um, self-patterning yarns like West York Spinners do self-patterning yarns so I think that's fair fair enough but it was amazing and I was sort of going round with um, in the same group with Leona and Carrie and Kate Heppel and um, Christine Perry Winnick mum uh, and Felix and Felix was going to take her recorder with her and we were marvelling uh, at the sound that the um, machinery was making it was really sort of beautiful rhythmic um, sound and I think Felix managed to record some audio in there uh, and then it was also really interesting to see the machinery that was being used to dye the Croft Shetland um, yarns and um, you know the, the, the tweed yarns which have the speckled effect they have um, machinery that does that um, speckling effect which um, is really really interesting to see in action uh, the other thing that was really interesting to see in action was the skeins 
being bald and labelled. I mean, we could have stayed and watched that for hours. And in fact, um, that was the only bit that we were allowed to take um, film of and pictures of. And I took a little film of, of it happening. What The first time it happened, when it, you know... Um, winds the yarn on into the ball and then it puts the label on it we all went Woo! and then cheered and it was lovely <laughs> we also got to go into the um, main hub and speak to the staff who create the colorways and the work that goes into that um you know there's a lot of of practicing and a lot of research that goes into creating just the right print um, for the yarn and just the right, the right colour um, that they want to achieve um, so it was, again it was utterly fascinating um, also I asked about um, the croft um, and about the fact that as we spoke about last time, or the time before last with the Shetland Wool Exploration that um, you know the Shetland croft yarn from West Yorkshire Spinners is superwash treated it's not called that they don't, they don't call it that process they um, seem to like to stray far from calling it superwash uh, but essentially it is a chemical process and um, I asked if that happened on the site or if it was when the wool was being washed and processed and um, it is in the washing and processing uh, which happens off site they, they get the process wool to spin and dye um, it goes through that method before it reaches them it was very interesting to talk with Peter about um, the croft and its popularity I was very keen to say that as somebody who was born and brought up with Shetland wool on my body from a very young age um, it's not the kind of Shetland wool that I'm used to but I think it is a really accessible Shetland yarn and particularly uh, in the weight the iron weight um, so I think it's made Shetland wool accessible to a lot of people. Uh, so I kind of congratulated them, them on that, even though I said I didn't partake of it myself. Um, it was also fab fabulous to see the Wensleydale uh, yarns. They seem to have um, really, really gone big style with the Wensleydale gems. Uh, and the colours that they are dyed in are particularly beautiful. And yeah, it was it was just really, really everything that I thought it would be in more um, in terms of the tour. That's what I was really interested in. Um, and it was just great to be there with a good bunch of people um, who were just as excited about it. Then it was back to the mill for, I think we had a cuppa. I can't remember if we had a cuppa. Did we have a cuppa? I think we did. And then it was the awards. And it was lovely to get my certificate and also a very large goodie bag from West Yorkshire Spinners. Um, that was really lovely. Um, and because I think you are awesome, I might just be giving that goodie bag away as a prize in the fieldwork make-along. I will speak more about this uh, later, but... Uh, there's a couple of things I'm keeping. I'm not going to tell you what what's in it because there's a couple of things that I am keeping, but there's a lot of things that I want to share with you because, you know, you voted for me. So um, I have to put some of that up for a prize. Um, and there is the new double knit 100% wool in there. And there are quite a few patterns, shade cards and other things. So... I'm just gonna just gonna talk about that a little bit later. So it sort of went by in a blink. There were plenty of times where I wanted to jump in big massive bales of of wool and of um combed slivers and then, you know, I just wanted to play. I just could stay there all day. It was great. But then we had to go because we had to get back up the road to Scotland so we took Felix Ford and dropped her off at her digs and then I should say digs she had a beautiful cottage Airbnb uh, so we dropped her off and then we headed back up the road oh we just had such good fun and made great plans Leona is awesome and um, she's somebody that you can really you know have a good laugh with and have genuine fun with and make genuine plans with so watch out because there could be more coming from you know, LJ and I, 
who used to say, we left West Yorkshire Spinners about oh, half past four, maybe. And Leona dropped me off outside my house at half past ten at night. So it was a long day. And I had to work the next day. I so didn't want to, but I did. So, yeah. So thanks again to West Yorkshire Spinners for hosting a fabulous day. Thanks to everybody that I saw there. Thanks to Kate Heppel and to Liam Marshall at Knit Now magazine who spoilt us um, properly. Just, just was brilliant. And um, thank you very much to everybody who voted for Knit British. Um, not just for enabling me to go on that day, but just that was very, very kind of you. Um, and I, yeah, I'm very grateful um, that you enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Next woolly adventure in March was, of course, Edinburgh Yarn Festival. EYF was... Um, just last week my gosh it feels like such a long time ago but it was just last week oops that was my throat uh, let's start with the uh, Wednesday so on Wednesday the 20th I took uh, improver spinning class with Elizabeth Johnson at the Risk Factory and I trundled my Woolmakers Bliss on the bus um, on my little Ikea trolley other trolleys are available I had a great time uh, there was a lot of people very like minded people who were already spinners of either wheels or drop spindles and just had questions and wanted to sort of everyone had their, their own questions and their own issues and some of those were shared by others and it was a really great class and it was almost like the class was the impetus we needed that we knew that we could we unlocked those skills that we already had really um so that was great and then after that i went over to the corn exchange to see if i was needed uh, to help set up because i was working with used wool and um they didn't need much help um, uh, it turned out they had already set up um, the stall. Uh, it was Hazel uh, and Dana, uh, who you will have heard a couple of times on this podcast before. So that was the Wednesday. No setting up the podcast lounge because there wasn't one. Um, so it was great. <laughs> and uh, then on Thursday, so Thursday, Friday and Saturday was the marketplace. And I was working with Useful each day. Um, till one and just let me say thank you so much to everybody who came by to um, chat with me about wool to ask questions to those of you who um, are podcast listeners to those of you who are now podcast listeners because I talked to you off at UIF uh, thank you very much it was really 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 lovely uh, to see you and to help you choose yarn which was just wonderful and it was really nice to, you know, hear from so many people who were interested in Scottish wool and bringing home Scottish wool products from EYF and particularly those who were interested in natural yarn. And there were a few people who asked, is this dyed? Nope, 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 nope. It's all natural, beautiful wool. Spun in a Um, So that was great. And it was busy. Uh, the Thursday there were, it was advanced tickets only until one o'clock and then they were letting in general, um, admittance, uh, but there was a queue from, you know, quite early on, um, really. Uh, so I, um, what did I do when I finished? I can't remember. You see, it's so long ago now. I almost can't remember. I had lunch with Meg. I had lunch with Meg and Marietta. Marietta 694. Oh, I'm not looking at my phone, so I think that's right. Um, who I met at EYF a few years ago now. And I always see her there. And it's a joy. And um, it was lovely to sit actually sit outside and have lunch and have a knit. Uh, at EYF it was just amazing and I you know you've got to remember that this is the first year I was really 
going as a, well, obviously I was working a little bit, but I was mostly a punter and not the host of the podcast lounge. So it was a bit of a new experience for me. Uh, It was good fun. It was all great fun. um, I made my first purchases uh, of of the festival uh, that afternoon. I bought Katie Green Bean Zine, which is a beautiful uh, sentence to say. Uh, The Green Bean Zine by Katie Green. Um, Katie Green, who you will know from her fantastic web uh, podcast and beautiful illustrations. And I also bought her um, uh, little book, More Than Yarn, which um, are drawings about knitting, some of which appeared in Pom Pom magazine over the years. Um, so very, very lovely publications, which I just um, treasure and uh, so that was my first day purchase no yarn on the Friday Lacey to my Cagney Louise Hunt Caithness Craft uh, was arriving in the afternoon I, w- I had the uh, fieldwork meet up uh, in the marquee um, got to wear my um, fieldwork my Felix pullover very briefly because it was very warm <laughs> and uh, uh, it was great because uh, the lovely fella came and took some pictures and I got to see also see some fantastic people at that meetup. It was great to see uh, Shona Mason, Joanna Moat. Um, I got massive hugs um, and great chat chat with uh, Mars, Hey Brian Berry, uh, Megan the Third was there. Shiny Bees was there. Shiny Bees didn't take part uh, in the um, field work, uh, but she was there at the time, handing out Tunnix tea cakes uh, like a good one, um, which was really really nice. Um, who else was there? LJ Leona was there again. She didn't take part, but she got in, she got in on the photos. Uh, Christine Worrell was there. It was lovely to see her. Kissery was there. Uh, Fiber and Sustenance. Catherine was there. Patricia was there. A Million Paper Stars was there, uh, JL was there, uh, Shuin was there, Hecky Thump was there, Carol MB was there. So yeah, it, it was good, good times, good times. Um, that's what I love about EYF, how sociable it is. Um, I'd seen Lou Lee, Lee in the passing and um, yeah, it, uh, the tipsy nits were there and uh, it was, it, yeah, I just love that aspect of EYF. Totally love that. And then I did a little bit more shopping on the Friday. What did I buy? I bought another, I say another because the first one I bought was a couple of years ago. But I bought, and seeing as I knit the Felix sweater, I bought another cone of Iona wool in Aran. This time in the lichen colour. Uh, and I was thinking after I knit up that sweater that I needed to buy another cone. But then I was like, do you know what? I've got got a few sweater quantities of yarn. After doing that stash roll, I was kind of aware of that. But then my sister had seen the picture of um, the sweater on Instagram and said, I really love that sweater. I was like, I'll make you one, <laughs> which I never do. But it's because I loved the yarn and the pattern so much and because it was quick. Um, so I sent her a picture with um, some of the colours and she really liked the lichen Uh, so it was really lovely to go over there and show them the sweater that I made in that yarn in fact um, the woman who worked in the stall then got her husband I think it was her husband apologies if that wasn't your husband um, to come and have a a little look at it Um, and I said well I thanked him because it was him that sold it to me a few years ago and he was absolutely chuffed to see it and uh, they took my picture which was really nice and then Bristol Ivy was there I'm sure she just listened to this podcast, but hello, Bristol Ivy, um, who said, can I please take a picture? Because I want to send it to my friend, Amy Christoffers, designer of the sweater. So I was, uh, you know, I was fangirly about that. You know, inwardly, you know, I mean, you know, God, I'm, a, you know, I'm an introvert, but, but I fangirled on the inside. Um, so, yeah, that was lovely. And that was, and again, it added to the loveliness of this sweater because it was just such a quick knit and a surprise knit and a bit magic. Um, so that was the yarn purchase. And I also purchased a tote bag from them because I liked them. They looked pretty. Uh, what else did I buy on the on the um, Friday? Uh, I oh yes, I bought some 
three skeins of John Arbin's Harvest Hue in colours I, I can't speak of because it's for something that I can't speak of. Um, not anything for you, but for somebody who might be listening, I, um, one person who might be listening, I can't tell you, so don't ask me. Three skeins of that I bought from the beauteous Sonia and got a chat with, chat with Frankie um, as well, who divulged exciting things um, on the design front as well. Uh, so that was lovely. That's another thing I love about EYF is just getting to chat to vendor pals about what they're getting up to, not just, um, you know, generally, but um, creatively as well. Uh, now I'm going to look at my picture of my stash because I can't remember what else I bought, um, which is dreadful because I didn't buy that much, so I shouldn't be forgetting anything. Um, I got the Shetland Wool Week hat pattern, which is just sitting here in front of me. So how, oops, how can I forget that? Yeah, the Shetland Wool Week pattern is by Sandra Manson. It is called Rodside Beanie um, for uh, Oliver Henry, the patron of Shetland Wool Week uh, 2019, which of course is the 10th anniversary of Shetland Wool Week. And I, while I think that... Um, Oliver Henry is indeed a worthy patron. I don't understand why we are not calling him the ambassador because it is such a special year for Shetland Wool Week and is such a special... I mean, Ollie is the wool man. Um, and uh, yeah, he, rightly so, he should be have a, have a little bit extra uh, accreditation, I think, a little bit extra um, honour because um, he is an ambassador for Shetland Wool and hats off, pun intended, to Ollie for being the Shetland Wool Week patron slash gonna call him the ambassador. And um, so the hat is lovely. It's designed by Sandra Manson uh, that uh, works at Jimson Smith and charted by Ella Gordon. And it has beautiful um, sheep around the brim and then also it has uh, fishing boats on it because... Fishing's a big part of uh, Oliver's life. He uh, grew up at a croft called Roadside uh, in Burra, uh, which is a fishing community. And it's beautiful. It's got a traditional kind of colourwork crown. Probably not one I'm going to knit. Um, I might knit it with the sheep. And boats don't really do it for me, but I might. I could put something else in there. Um, but it's a beautiful hat and it was really lovely to go over to Shetland Bull Week stand and speak to the guys over there. Well, I never got to see Oliver because he was just like the man of the festival and was really busy in handing out patterns and things. I, oh yes, when I was at John Arbin, I picked up my John Arbin annual. I don't know, I'm just going to sound really close to the microphone while I reach over for it. Um, I don't know if you uh, subscribe to John Arbin's newsletters or might have seen this but um, they've brought out an annual it's um, I think it costs £5 I, I, I feel like that's really cheap but I think it costs £5 it has uh, three three patterns in it let's see um, it's a nice little square publication beautiful paper that means a lot to me. Good quality paper. Uh, there is a hat pattern, a scarf pattern, a shawl pattern and a sock pattern. There are four patterns. Uh, there is also a nice bit about um, uh, their their different yarns. Their Exmoor and Zvatl uh, yarn. They've, or Zvorbla's uh, yarn. Um, they have uh, brought out a four-ply of that. I've been a big fan of that. Um, there's a bit about uh, the staff that work in the mill. There's little uh, tidbits. Uh, it's it's a lovely little little annual, and I pre-ordered that to collect EYF. So that was another um, thing that I picked up at John Arbin. Also, um, on my shopping list, my actual shopping list was Usaland wool wash, uh, a couple of different sizes of Chayagu needles and so couldn't find Usaline wool wash EYF other wool washes are available that's just my preference I got my needles from Weft Blown and who I've mentioned on the podcast before is a fantastic weaver and spinner and has a, a studio in West Kilbride which is 
uh, also known as Craft Town. And I also, at uh, Weftblown, purchased Gillian Marino's book, uh, Yarn Architecture. And again, I come close to the mic while I reach over for it because I didn't put anything next to me. Like, that would have been just too easy. Uh, everything's slightly out of arm's reach. Um, this is a beautiful hardback book. It's a knitter's guide to spinning... Uh, to knit basically uh, building exactly the yarn you want it is beautifully laid out it was it was recommended to me by Jennifer uh, in Elizabeth's class I think it was Jennifer um, and it's beautiful it has a foreword from Clara Parks uh, it is nicely set out in in uh, what it intends to do um, asking questions of, of us what are we spinning for um, what kind of breeds do we want to use what kind of fibres do we want to use um, it has just really fascinating look at um, I think the thing that struck me when I first opened it was that there's a, a sort of one multicoloured braid and from that there are five different swatches that all look completely different um, in terms of colour placement and self-striping and and um, and blending and things like that and how yarn can be flipped and um, fractal spun and differently applied to get different effects. Uh, it's not just about coloured yarn and it um, is just a really really great book it's a nice hardback book but you know what it's quite light I can see this sitting on my lap or on the table next to me while I'm spinning um, it has also really nice patterns in it and when I say really nice patterns in it I mean it because sometimes you get books on spinning that don't have nice patterns in it or patterns that I would like to knit and, and there are lovely patterns in this um, there's a uh, Kristen Kapoor pattern, there's Kate Atherley sock patterns, uh, there's Romy Hill shawl pattern, uh, really, really, really nice book and I haven't, uh, there's, oh, there's 12 patterns, wow, and I haven't really had the chance to read this properly, but the fact that it's a knitter's guide to spinning is kind of what I was looking for, so I'm really looking forward to um, getting to grips with, with that. I don't think I bought anything else on the Friday. I'm um, pretty sure I didn't. Um, I certainly didn't buy any more yarn. Um, so it was just that, just, just that Corona Viona Aran that came home with me and um, the uh, Harvest Hues from John Arbin. Three, three skeins of that. I think I'm getting Friday and Saturday confused now. Quite possible that I am. So please forgive me if I say something happened on Friday and it actually happened on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> um, on Saturday, a Friday, uh, on Saturday again, another busy day in the stall. Saturday was there was a rambunctious feeling about the place. There was that sort of, um, you know, high feeling of those that were there were just like gonna go mad that's that's kind of how it felt I had a lovely energy about it and on Saturday let's see what did I buy on Saturday so I got um one skein of yarn on Saturday which was uh the uh old maiden ants um new Corridale yarn which is spun at the border mill I've spoken I think before about how I love that Corridale yarn that um Old Maiden Ant has had and um, the colours that she dyes on it. She changed uh, recently to having that spun at the Border Mill for her. So it's spun in Scotland and dyed in Scotland. And um, yeah, I wanted a skein of that. So I got a skein of Londu. And I tell you, it was quite hard to choose a colour because I love Lilith's colours. Um, but there's something really special about Londu. That's the Gallic name for Blackbird. Um, and it's a really special colour. And every time I've seen it dyed, on all of Lilith's spaces, it looks different and just stunning. So uh, that was my purchase, my one yarn purchase on the Saturday. You know, some people go to EYF and it's their like, you know, big, it's it's a big, awesome, massive splurge for the stash. And I'm down with that. I love that. I, you know, have done that in the past, but it was quite nice for me, for me to, to shop more meaningfully. And to to bring items in that, um, you know, weren't just for me. So the cone of yarn is going to become a sweater for my sister. The skeins of yarn that I got from John Arbin 
not not for me and um yeah it was kind of nice to do a little bit of selfless um yarn buying um saturday night though was all about um the pals and um the last couple of um eyfs there's been a little bit of a tradition of curry night and um this year there were I think there was 11 of us um, and we were a jolly band. Um, myself, Louise Hunt, Katie Green, Isla uh, Davison. Uh, also there were Sarah Hunt from Fibre Trek, which I'm so glad that I, you know, she was there because I hardly saw her. Although she's coming back. She's coming back in June. I'll get to squish her then. Um, also Corrine from uh, The Woolly Thistle and Corrine's sister, Barbara. Uh, and also with us was... Uh, Janice from Starcroft Mill in Maine and you know I wish I'd seen more of her as well I would have loved to have chatted more with Janie about what she does and about her yarns and about the sheep um but uh you know that's the good thing about the good thing about EYF is it's so sociable but also you miss people as well um so I didn't really get to see them for any length of time at actual EYF so it was really nice to have um a meal out with them and a few beers um uh, yeah so that was the Saturday then it was Make Wool on the Sunday, and that was a really special event. There were two talks. There was the um, diversity and inclusivity panel, uh, which was um, moderated by Cecilia uh, of Sessie Units the World. Uh, also on the panel was Jeanette Sloan, British uh, designer, Amy from Libyan Amy, and... Uh, Sophia Kai, who is Sophia Tron on Instagram. And uh, there will be a film uh, made available at some point in the future via EYF of that panel. Uh, I know from speaking to um, some of the people there um, who just felt that EYF was such a very inclusive space. I think EYF um, really could lead the way with um, you know this format of having these really important talks and how and providing a space to do that following um the diversity and inclusion panel john arbin gave a talk uh, which i didn't get into which i was very sad about um about um spinning british wool being a british fiber mill i wish it was good to have a quick chat with him um uh, at the beginning of the day because actually i haven't ever had a conversation with john before i've spoken to to juliet and to the other mill staff but it was really nice to have a chat with them i loved the talks aspect at eyf and um that that was really great i'd love there to be more talks um and uh yeah and then there were other vendors there so there were vendors who hadn't vended at the main event. So South Down Yarns was there and uh, Shillistair were there. I think that was their first event since they've um, changed management and um, changed the luxury yarn base to a brand new luxury yarn base um, of Shetland and BFL, which is incredible. And that was my purchase that day. I bought three skeins of beautiful worsted weight Shetland and BFL naturally dyed. Scotch Tweed Angela was there and Louise uh, Hunt was helping her um, and she was selling some of her own bags. Um, beautiful, incredible tartan and tweed bags. Hawkshaw Sheep were there, Lifelong Yarns were there, New Leaf Yarns were there. Did I get around everybody? Did I? Hell, I would have loved there to be just an, another hour just to go around and just speak to people and and buy things. Um, it, it's a short event. It's ten till two, but it's my that's my kind of event. It was great. I had another we meet up in the in the marquee on the Sunday morning as well, which was nice. Thanks to 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 those who came to that. It, uh, you know, I can't say all the names of all the people who I met because I have a terrible memory, dreadful memory um, for names. But if I saw you and we chatted and we squished. It, it was so lovely to meet you. It was so nice to see you again. Good friends um, to see again. Um, that's, again, EYF is so special for that. It makes you 
catch up with old friends and it makes you make new ones and I'm always so grateful to EYF for that so if we encountered one another if we just saw each other across the room and waved or acknowledged one another or if you um, tried to get my attention but somebody else was talking to me and you smiled and moved away instead of waiting thank you so much and um, I really do appreciate it and it was really lovely to meet you to hug you to almost meet you and I really look forward to seeing you again people kept asking me are you enjoying UIF more because you're not organizing podcast lounge um, and do you know what I did I'm not going to lie I loved doing podcast lounge and there were quite a few of you who told me that you were you were kind of annoyed you know that because I'd given up podcast lounge there was no podcast lounge and that's that wasn't my decision not there not being a podcast lounge that's up to the organizers I just stepped down from 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 the hosting responsibilities from my part um so to all those people who said that I said well I don't feel bad about it and I don't because as much as it's a wonderful wonderful it was a wonderful thing to do and I'll be ever so grateful for being able to do it it was a lot of work you guys and I have a full-time job and that's my alarm you know it was too much to organize podcast lounge and and administrate it and it's a lot more involved than you think all good things come to an end and I think had I done another podcast lounge it wouldn't have been a good thing for me personally and my energy levels and my health so and I've mentioned all that before I didn't need to go through that again um with those who pursued it but hey-ho, I had to. Um, And again, there were a few podcasters who were a bit pissed off that there wasn't a podcast lounge. And to them, I also said, well, I'm not going to feel bad about that. (laughs) Um, Feed that back. And if you went to EYF and you were sad that there wasn't a podcast lounge, feed that back to the the organisers when the, the user survey comes out. But don't, you know, don't bring it here. Tell that story walking. Um, I had an awesome time. I loved working. I loved having a woolly focus. And I loved being, you know, keeping busy. Because, you know, part of the way that I can go to an event like that is to have a little job to do and feel like I'm I'm doing something so that I don't get overwhelmed by everything that's going on. And so I'm very grateful to Eustwool um, for um, asking me to to work with them and um, I just enjoyed it so much and it did I did enjoy the festival more this year from uh, a slightly different viewpoint um, so it was it was great I need to check my bullet points for whatever anything else that I need to mention I know I've forgotten loads of things you'll have to forgive me Fieldwork. Um, as I said, there was a couple of fieldwork meetups. Well done to everybody who managed to cast off a project on the 17th um, for this Cal. And I'm including me in that this time because I managed it too. Um, I will be drawing the prizes um, from the finished object thread for everyone who posted uh, before midnight on the 17th and uh, there are some great prizes and I haven't got a list of them but I'll try and remember so there's the West York Spinners goodie bag or most of it that is the beautiful cherry bowl from Turned Studios and do remember that you can still get 10% off uh, at Turned Studios by using the code TURNEDKB10 in the checkout at turnedstudios.com there is some of the Exmoor sock yarn from John Arbin. Um, I should say that not all of the prizes for this 100% wool cal are 100% wool, but I don't think you're going to hold that against me because we've got some stonking prizes. Two of the new colours of Wensleydale long wool sheep shop four ply. Um, I've uh, got a paper, paperback copy of A Stash of One's Own, the latest uh, book from Clara Parks, or edited by Clara Parks. And there are some codes for Unicorn Design prizes, and I got to meet uh, Unicorn Design Sophie at EYF, which was just awesome. And there is a very, very special prize from Uist Wool. Uist Wool launched their new yarn uh, just before EYF 
It's called Aster and it is a, a very special partnership between Claddagh Farm in Fife and Uist Wool and it's a yarn uh, that has wool with alpaca. They have six new shades. They're four-ply equivalent. They are 50 grams a skein and in each skein there's about 170, 75 metres. There are four that have cheviot with alpaca, different colours of alpaca. So there is the Maulabrek, and I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, which um, has red alpaca with cheap white cheviot wool, so you get this beautiful strawberry blonde caramelly apricot colour. There's a Kori, which is a white alpaca with white cheviot. There is River, which has, uh, it's just kind of a silvery grey yarn, which has black alpaca and white cheviot wool. Then there are um, the three other blends, which have Shetland and alpaca. So there's um, a beautiful dark, dark grey, which has white alpaca and dark Shetland wool. Then there's a Bialach, which... Uh, is a sort of a a, um, a really rich red brown. This colour just kept coming back to me the whole time I was there. I just kept getting drawn to it. It's brown alpaca, murat Shetland, and dark Scottish merino, and that's incredible. And then there's Paul, which is actually is a, a black and white alpaca with cheviot wool, again with the cheviot, and that's a silvery, pale silvery grey. So there are those six new skeins in the Aster range, and it's really lovely to see alpaca, um, you know, wool and another animal fibre together. And, as you know, there's something really incredible about these yarns. They don't feel like they've got alpaca in them. Um, it's like the alpaca content and the wool is married very beautifully together and you get a very velvety feel, a velvety character um, in these yarns. But I don't just have these six skeins to give away. We also have the incredibly special evil yarn, which is a 100 gram skein, single ply lace weight. It is alpaca and Shetland and Cheviot and Scottish Merino. It's been it's been milled to create a fantastic gradient. It looks beautiful knitted up. Uh, but the other thing that really strikes me about this is the fact that sometimes single ply lace weight yarn can have a very crisp feel because it's been overspun been spun to keep all those different fibers together uh, this is so flipping soft and this was a massive interest at eyf um, lots of people are really interested in this gradient but not only do we have all of those together they together form the trek kit um i should say they're all named after different parts of the uh, the the landscape uh, in in uist uh, which is why they have names which are connected to the landscape and evil um is the um the the gradient one which is the sort of shark finned profile hill that you can see um at uh, the mill and, you, and then you get the pattern uh, which is the Deepdale Hapshaw by Gudrun Johnson which was so um, well beloved and taken down off the mannequin at EYF it was everybody wanted to see it it's the most incredible Hapshaw uh, very very beautiful and this kit costs uh, £145 the skeins singly, well, the Aster range, the sh the wool and alpaca, are sixteen pounds per skein, 
But the the evil yarn, the singles, that's not going to be available separately. Um, so that's really special, and I'm I'm incredibly stunned and and appreciative for US Wool to be able to give us this amazing prize. Um, it's it's an incredible bundle. One lucky winner is going to get the the whole Aster Trek kit. You know, I just think it's it's brilliant. Use will are just always um have got something to surprise us with. You know, they, they have such a strong story of of place and of, of people and of the animals and the fact that you're you know, you're getting a very not just Scottish but very Outer Hebrides product when you buy their yarn, but then and but then you get incredible yarns and incredible um, um, effects. So you get the rushed and the contrai, um, and you get that beautiful gradient, the very dramatic rushed and the a more subtle contrai, and you get the um, frass and the gila, um, which um, are almost like natural speckles. They sort of strive to create something that will be really, really interesting and really, really appreciated by us knitters who just crave that story. And now creating yarns with alpaca in them, which, like I say, it's the first time that they're creating with something other than than sheep's wool uh it's a bit of a journey into the unknown for them um so it's adding to their skills and their knowledge um which i just think is is incredible i will put pictures of this kit up on uh the show notes so that you can see it um but uh, that is an incredible prize uh and um one lucky winner in the fieldwork, Cal is going to win that prize, which is worth £145. And you'll get the download code as well. So I'll I'll um, speak a little bit more about the winners and the prizes on the next episode of the podcast, because I've just not been... Um, I've just not got those drawn yet. I've just noticed that inside this bag... Um, along with my emergency migraine medication, because, you know, if you suffer from migraines, you have emergency migraine medication in every bag you own. But I've just taken the, <laughs> I've just taken the, the Aster, uh, used will Aster shawl kit out of the bag. And in the bottom of the bag, I found my um, pictures from the photo booth of uh, Louise Hunt and I. Uh, <laughs> Um, the photo booth uh, was back at EYF this year. Um, it was they've always they always have a photo booth. But the first year they had uh, ones that sort of print um, passport size photos, and you actually got into this booth. Uh, and that was kind of back to a fashion this time. Uh, we didn't have to get into a booth though. There was a nice backdrop, and I um, uh, I think on Sunday the the guy who's operating just. It's like, oh no, it's her again. Because I was in with Lucy Locketland and I was in with Mika and I was in with Lee and I was in with um, uh, Victoria, um, Jazzbird. And oh, I was just, you know, to co- use a Scottish phrase, I was kind of kicking the arse out of it um, in terms of uh, how many times I was going in. But it was great. And, and you get to take, you got two sets of prints and you got three pictures on each print. Um, so those will go into my diary to remind me of EYF. That was a really nice touch. But I won't make, I'll make sure I take the migraine medication out of the bag before I send the prize to the winner. <laughs> um, I'm sure there was something else I was going to talk to you about. But it'll have to wait because I've just gone on for too long about all the wonderful woolly things Um, that I've been getting up to and I hope that you got up to them too and had a a wonderfully woolly march. I have cast on the the second take of the Felix pullover for my sister and I have um, popped my small but perfectly formed yarn stash into the curated collection Um, and yeah, I'm a very, very happy EYF gore you know I've I've got all the feels 
as the young kids say. Um, <laughs> I've got all the EYF feels and um, just high on yarn fumes. And today I, I it, excuse me, Jeremy, do be quiet and lick yourself a bit more quieter, please. Um, I was saying on Instagram today when I was sitting on the bus that it's a week ago since um, the first Marketplace Day and it feels like ages ago but also it feels uh, like all those hugs and good wishes and just genuinely wonderful times with those good people is very fresh in my memory still. On that note I shall leave you uh, dear listeners I hope that uh, your April is as woolly as your March, if not more so. Uh, don't forget to change your clocks on Sunday. Uh, spring forward uh, if you're in the UK. I will be back at some point with Cheviot Wool Exploration. Uh, you can still take part in the Wensleydale Wool Exploration. That's going on right now over in the Knit British Ravelry Group. You've got until the end of April. Uh, to get your reviews done for that so do join in and um, yeah I'm popping off now Um, have a fantastic weekend week, month, whatever happy knitting take good care bye for now thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast to find out more visit www.knitbritish.net I'm on Instagram as at underscore knit british and i'm on ravelry as lira why not join us in the knit british ravelry group too